I don't know. I don't know nothing about tea. No. No. Tea can make you sleepier for all I know. There's some teas that do that. Hmm? Chamomile. 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 How are you gonna say it? The sun is just directly in my eyes. <laughs> Sit that little closer to me. No, I'm good. That'd be a weird vibe, wouldn't it? It would. <laughs> We haven't done this in a dog's age because you had COVID. So no, I don't want. That's get, true. I don't want to get close to you. Well, why would you drop that? You had it before I had it. And we didn't even talk about it. Yeah, but it didn't uh, impede the podcast at all. <laughs> I timed it out well. Oh, what's been going on in your life? Me? Yeah. I've been working. I've been coming home. I've been drawing a lot. Yeah. Uh, watched a bunch of movies. Yeah, you've been doing a fun thing where your drawings opine about things you've been doing. Yeah, that's fun. They have. Yeah, reading James Bond books, those are not so much sexist as they are just sexy, women hating, uh. like just insanely sexist. Like mm. the movies are like, mm, I treat women like objects, and they're just for me to conquer and stuff like that. But he never comes out and says it. But in the books, he says that and then goes, "I fucking hate women." Yikes! Yeah, big yikes. Yeah, so probably not going to continue reading those. You know, it's really funny. Before we went and saw Scream 5 today, I thought it will be really funny when we leave the theater. I can say, you know, I've seen Scream 5 more than I've seen Gone with the Wind. But then they make a Gone with the Wind joke in there. They do. They do. So he, says, really... he says basically that. Yeah. 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 So I took the wind out of my sails on that one. What else has been going on? Again, just watching a bunch of movies. Um, really? I watched the new James Bond. Very good. Not yeah. sexist at all actually it might be if i if there's a part i'm forgetting and it is sexist i apologize please forgive me um there's almost 0070 james bond movie yeah I that was a stretch 24 all the bond girls in the movie are just other secret agents that kick ass as well so that's cool i don't think he has sex once oh he does but it's his wife so it makes sense or not wife, but baby mama. Spoilers, James Bond has a daughter in this one. And it's good. Hans Zimmer's in there just being a little freak. Just doing his creepy Hans Zimmer strings and stuff like that. And then it goes... And I'm so into it. Um, I watched Tick, Tick, Boom. I saw it. The end. I thought it was fine. I had fun watching it. Have not thought about it since. Guy doesn't write rent in it once. That's what I was waiting Bait and for. switch. Bait and switch. They got me. He writes a musical I've never heard of. And then also Tick, Tick, Boom is a musical I've never heard of, apparently. And then he dies. I watched Knives Out, I think. I already seen it before. <laughs> good movie. And I know I watched like four other movies and I just can't think of them. So okay. they must not have been that good. What yeah. about you? You watch anything? Have I watched anything? I binged while I had COVID probably like two seasons worth of The X-Files, which is roughly 50 episodes of hour-long television. You do that quite a bit, though. Yeah. Yeah, whatever you're just doing something, you have the X-Files out of the back. Yeah. It's good, because every now and again you'll look up and you'll catch a little, you know, little something that makes you smile. So yeah, I did that, and what else did I do? Initially, I was all like, uh, oh, you know, I got COVID, but I'm going to keep doing what I do, you know? You know, I'm trying to teach myself piano or whatever, I was doing that kind of stuff. And it took about a day before I was like, nope, I'm trapped in a drywall prison, and uh, I have easy, easy access to NyQuil. I don't care that it's 7 a.m. I'm taking another <laughs> dose. <Yeah. laughs> and it very quickly became... Fuck it, put on another episode of The X-Files. And, uh, yeah, uh, then post-X-Files, uh, I've done some things, I've did some stuff, and I started fucking around with a 10-year-old Star Wars MMO. Not the biggest Star Wars fan in the world, you know? Just kind of fun to run around a little bit and be like, uh, yes, uh, C24987, uh, please go uh, hack some terminals for me and bring back money, would you? Sorry, bring back credits, would you? 
And then I hop in my spaceship and I drive to a new planet. And then this lady says, hey, you can flirt with me if I want. And I say, okay. And then I get a quest to have sex. And then when I do the sex, they give me experience. Nice. So what's not to love about this video game? Yeah, we've been talking about that a lot lately. About how we don't... About how we're not the biggest Star Wars fans. But boy, do I love smugglers. Yeah. Running through Star Wars cities. Mm -hmm. Or even just the money being called credits. I hate that shit. Really? Yeah, I, like I hate new names for money and sci-fi stuff. <laughs> just call it dollars. Yeah, I'm suspending enough disbelief. Just they yeah. all look like me. They can have dollars <laughs> or even pounds or yen. I don't care. Yeah. Well, that was another thing uh, that's been coming up as I've been playing Star Wars. I've been playing it with my brother, and he keeps calling me lame because I want to be a human. And I'm like, nah, it's enough that aliens are around. I don't need to have tentacles in my head. Yeah, I get that. You know, it's neat, but also, I don't know. Star Wars aliens are notoriously gross. So. Yeah, because I've never played an RPG. I've never been like, yeah, you know what I want to be? Disgusting. That's really, like, when I close my eyes and I'm, like, fantasizing or role-playing, as they call it, I'm not like, yeah, okay, all right, cool. So I can shoot fireballs and, uh, you know, I got these sick robes on and I'm, like, the best mage. I, I, I graduated the college. And also I'm, like, 12 foot tall and my feet are hooves and I'm covered in fur and there are tentacles coming out of the back of my neck. Uh, but also I have kind of, like, a main situation and also, uh, yeah, teeth, not brushable. Toothbrushes have not been invented. And they're also monster teeth. And my eyeballs, it kind of looks like you're looking at a cow, <laughs> you know, in the eyes. Something like that. That's kind of what I look like. And anyway, so I'm shooting fireballs. Like, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. That's kind of my thing with, like, any RPG is that usually I'm not thinking too much about what I look like because I'm a James Cameron avatar. Yeah. I'm just... It's just me in the robes. I don't think about it. I'm not thinking like, yeah, and then I'm in the badass robes. I just think like, oh, and then I'm in robes, you know. Yeah, anytime I play a role-playing game and I get the opportunity to be something other than a human, I never do. I never would. It's going to age so well when like uh, we actually uh, reach the intergalactic stage of existence, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Aliens. If we live long enough, if for some reason in our lifetime they figure out how to make cancer not an issue and I don't get hit by a truck and I live to be like 300, I'm sure. Actually, I'm, I'm going to get canceled for saying aliens are gross. Yeah. If they let me, though, I think in a Fallout game, I'd be a ghoul. Uh, there's got to be a mod for that, because you can take oh, the absolutely. ghoulish perk, which is, like, something about, like, you get fucking health from the sun or something. Or radiation. Radiation yeah. heals you is, like, one of the perks you can take in, in, yeah. in Endurance. And, like, there's got to be a mod out there where you can physically look like one. I'd love to be a little ghoulie running around yeah. the wasteland. Also, you know what I hate when a game's like, also, one of the races is Cyborg. No, it's not. You just put a little metal on the eye. Yeah. <laughs> You're laughing to the bank with that one. You cut the Home by five, Bethesda, yeah. huh? <laughs> so anyways, also calling you out, Bioware. What the hell is that shit, huh? People who make video games work very hard. Uh, arguably too hard. too hard. They don't arguably get to see their hard. families. Straight up. Or live well. So, mm -hmm. But still, work yeah. a little harder on the cyborgs. No, time. I mean, yeah, seriously. That's one of the reasons why I never really minded too much about like paying, wow, $15 a month is because there's literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who work on that that game and prior to the invention of cash shops excuse me that's the only way that they would get a regular paycheck mm -hmm. is if everybody playing would cough up that money because they work day in day out but now they're selling mounts and stuff so and i think the data is out there and you could quote me if i'm uh, or, or not quote me but correct me if i'm wrong uh i think they make most of their money from the cash shop now so do away with that monthly subscription do away with it all right we're getting into dangerous territory you're talking about wow i'm thinking about talking about metal gear so we better start talking about some movies <laughs> And cue the music. Mm -hmm. 
Eating Soup Alone is a podcast hosted by me, Christopher Kremlin, and co-hosted by Nicholas Johnson. We try our best to ramble incoherently about a handful of movies at least once a week. I'll do like the kind of synthy thing they do. There's like that drony thing in the back, you know? I was trying to get you to do a mail time song. Oh. Mail time. Chris, I got mail for it. Awesome. Also, we watched Clue and Scream. Yeah, okay, let's see. We doing it in that order? Yeah. All right. Damn, jeez Louise. I actually might need a knife to open this one. Someone sealed this. Top secret. Clure. Heavy on the physical comedy. Character actors and gratuitous cleavage. Clue is a treat and a half. And I highly recommend it. Directed by Jonathan Lynn and starring Tim Curry, uh, Christopher Lloyd, uh, Elaine. Or is it Elaine? Elaine? Is it Elaine? I don't think anyone's name is Elaine. Elaine? Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of E's in there. That's all I'm saying. Uh, oh, Eileen. Eileen. Okay. Yeah, there, yeah, you, there go. you go. Eileen. Eileen Brennan. Uh, uh, yes, I do have a college degree. Thank you. Michael Bikin, uh, Martin Mull, Leslie Warren, and there is no reason a movie based on the worst board game should kick so much. You really think it's the worst board game? It's pretty close. You think? I mean, I don't, I don't know, man. Over relate. the pan- oh, all I'm saying is over the pandemic, I played a lot of Clue. I can't. I That's mean, fucking listen, frustrating. I didn't write this letter, so don't be coming at me. I think the worst oh, board yeah, game is bad. Yahtzee. My bad. It's a dice poker. Don't even know how Yahtzee works. It's dice poker. A stellar, a stellar performance from all, and a career highlight from Tim Curry. Clue is almost as funny as Joe Dirt. But I'm just all right. Nine and a half. Sorry, nine out of ten. Not nine and a half. Don't know where I got nine and a half from. I like the game fine enough. I like the game a lot. Yeah. But I also love the idea that I perhaps am a little like Columbo or Joe Kenda. While I playing actually, Clue. Not just Clue, but we just, Alicia and I just played a uh, cold case board game where you, like, try to solve a murder with, like, all these, like, transcripts of interviews and, like, newspaper or whatever. And just from the rip, it's like, yeah, he was a reporter that was working on this lead. And, you know, here's this note that says, like, 500 bucks uh, and I'll give you, like, the lead of the century. And when he was, like, his body was found, there's, like, 500 bucks in his mouth or something like that. And I'm, the whole time I'm like, uh-uh. No, no, no. Someone planted all this to make it look like it was this interesting. No murder has ever been this interesting. Every murder is brother, sister, husband, daughter, grandma. Like, it's it's someone related. Yeah. You know, like, a friend. It is not... Espionage does not happen in real life. And I'm not going to spoil it in case someone plays this uh, this game. But, anyways, I definitely felt like Columbo was all I'm going to say. Yeah, I wish... I always Every time I play Clue, the board game, I always wish it was a little bit more like that. Yeah. From my memory, every time I play Clue, I'm just taking off boxes until... The math equation's done, and I go, okay, it was this person. Well, yeah, that's the tricky thing, is it's kind of like you got to, like, you kind of never know for sure, but you try to pay attention to what other people are saying and, like, check things off that are least likely until you narrow it down to the most likely, and then just at random you guys guess, and there's, like, a place, person, and thing that's in the envelope and stuff, and it's fine enough, you're right, but, I mean, yeah, if you were, you know, try to design, like, the best... Murder mystery board game. You might be able to do a little better, but I don't know. It's kind of evergreen, right? The, the yeah. setup works so that you can have a nice, fun, quick game of Clue real quick. <gasps> Excuse me. I just wish a game of Clue could end with you getting away with it. That's what I'm saying. Ah. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. 
but that's not the game, so yeah. shouldn't be criticizing it too well, much. I feel like you could do something like that. You could do house rules. You could set a 45-minute timer like the movie. Okay. And yeah. just be like, in 45 minutes, the cops will be here. Until and... the cops show up and it actually doesn't matter. So anyways, all right. From the top, you've never seen this. I'm always pressuring you. Oh, always. Yeah. Since the day we met. And how are you feeling about that? Um, As that was happening to you bad i was like like we i was like hi my name's nick and you're like have you seen clue and i was like no i haven't you're like, you gotta see clue yeah and then it was one of those things that you pressured me so much about and i was very stubborn about it i don't know if you know this about me chris but i got a big bad case of the don't tell me what to do oh yeah i know so um just out of spite i haven't seen clue <laughs> like other people tell me oh you should see glue and i'm like fuck you i'm not watching clue yeah um and then I started talking about James Bond the other day. And you're like, Clue, we're watching Clue. And I was like, all right, yeah, we'll watch Clue. <laughs> um, and Chris, I got to tell you. Yeah. This movie beats ass. Yeah, it does. It really does. Nobody told me it was funny. Even you. <laughs> I, I this mo- It's one of the, f- maybe, like, one of the three funniest movies I've ever seen. I would opinion. I would agree with that, yeah. And I'm never a big fan of physical comedy. Oh, this movie nails it. Yeah, it nails physical comedy. That's so funny, because I, I didn't even think to mention funny. Like, what did, what was your conceived notion of Clue? Is that they were playing it straight? Yeah, it's a murder mystery movie. Yeah. Like, it was going to be like Murder on the Orient Express or something? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, so when I was saying good, like, what, what did you think I was implying was good about it? That like it was a good like whodunit kind of a thing like yeah like, like a kitschy eighties whodunit that yeah. it's got a lot of charm to it and I was like that okay. just doesn't seem like my bag something almost like not exactly but like the way that like Columbo has charm kind of a thing yeah but like in more of an eighties way you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. an eighties movie based on a board like, game like Gremlins or something yeah I was yeah. thinking like more like Jumanji or ah uh, yes I. Don't really remember Jumanji. I think I saw it once when I was a kid, and I barely paid attention. It's a lot like Avatar, where like didn't hook me. So like, even though I watched like mm, a third of it as a kid, I was like, like James Cameron's Avatar. I just fell asleep through. I saw Jumanji once or twice as a kid, and yeah. my only real memory from that movie is that my neighbor had Jumanji the board game. Yeah, and it was like, like almost like a prop from the movie. Like, it was, like, carved and stuff like that. And I remember just being terrified of that. She yeah. like, oh, no, no way in hell. Like I'm a Ouija ever. board. Yeah, Can't I'm like, I'm it. never going to open this. Yeah. And when I like looking at it and just holding it and being like, oh, yeah. this is cursed. Whatever board, what other board game movies exist? There's Battlefield or whatever, a Battleship. That's Battleship. Yeah, Battleship. Yeah. There's Zathura. Zathura. Was that a board game beforehand? No, it's, like, a spiritual yeah. successor to Jumanji. Yeah, boo. It was uh, always on Cartoon Network and I didn't ever watch it. Dungeons and Dragons. Oh. Um, There's a Ouija movie in there. And, and Ouija, yeah. I think I looked this up the other day because I was talking to someone about it. Okay. Um, and I think those those are pretty much it. Those are the big ones. So anyways, uh, yeah. I don't remember exactly when I saw this movie. Um, There's two Ouija movies, just so you know. Oh, really? Yeah. Three, sorry. Yeah, I don't remember the first time I saw this movie. Uh, so I don't. I can't really speak to like any any sort of like initial... You know, subversion of expectation. Um, but I will say that it does fit the 80s movie mold, in my opinion, that, like, it's paced so perfectly. Yeah. It's, like, right in that pocket, which, uh, you know, sue me if you'd like. But I just feel like there was a fucking something in the 80s about, like, everybody just getting exactly how to write a movie. And uh-huh. then when people saw that script, they knew exactly how to shoot that movie. And then there could be charm and stuff like that on top of it. But it seemed like... If you were just making a movie, people could just make a movie. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. I I, I really feel like the 80s was the decade of people just getting how, like, the bare bones work. You know? Yeah, no, it's one of those... It's The bare bones work so well, it's almost like Back to the Future for me, almost. Uh Where when I'm watching it, it's so bare bones and the structure is so well that I don't notice it. Mm -hmm. That the movie's happening and then it's ending and I'm like, oh, fuck, we're already here. Yeah. Like, I feel that way with Back to the Future all the time. I'm like, oh, he's going Back to the Future already. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's uh, a quality of some of my favorite movies is that like it's so well like paced out that by the time it's over, I'm not even ready for it to be for it to be over, so I could watch it again. Mm-hmm. And it's more often than not movies from that era that I think do that kind of a thing. And I think that's exactly how the bare bones gotta work. It's 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 mm. like uh it's like uh I can't think of an example, but I've heard the phrase like if it's doing its job, you don't even notice it. Yeah. Your lungs, for example. Yeah. It's like your lungs. You also get Tim Curry just fucking doing his thing. Just doing his, his dirty thing, little yeah. thing. Yeah. God. The whole time I was like Nothing about this is sexy, but Tim Curry, this is hot. Yeah. I'm really Yeah, I was like, I'm all about what you're doing. You're just attractive because of how good you are at a thing. I get that, yeah. Yeah. So that's my piece on that. Uh, yeah, no, I think I, I so much of this movie physically is hilarious. And yeah. Like what you were saying is feels like down to a science, mm-hmm. so well shot and acted, just comedically. Um, it just seems like people bodies. putting in work. Yeah, like people who are like, "No, this is my job. I act." And there are a few moments in this that make me laugh out loud like line deliveries and stuff like mm-hmm. that like in one of the endings they're can you stop shutting off the lights and keep scaring us and he looks at one of the girls and she goes ah. and like that kills me it's so yeah. funny and then that same woman um oh, i can't think of her name she's the girl with the bob cut yeah she's white. like the black widow one i think she's mrs white yes yeah yes um when they're like and you killed him didn't you and she goes yes i did he was cheating on me and I, when i thought about him and her my it, 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 hot like my brain it's like fire like there's fire on both sides of my yeah. it's just, uh, my brain gets hot <laughs> yeah and it's like just a like almost like a like a current day like a rick and morty just kind of mumbling mm. through something yeah it, it kills me it's so funny and then me and you laugh for like a good 10 minutes uh <laughs> at the last line of like the true ending um michael mckean's character is what he's getting blackmailed for is that he's a homosexual yes. and everyone keeps teasing about it through the whole movie and at the end he's like no I was a plant I was a cop and all the cops come in and they're like great job officer what are you going to do now and he's like I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife and then it <laughs> freeze frames and then the movie's over and it's so goddamn funny absolutely it's out of control um, that's like you pointed out it's a joke that the entire lead up is yeah, the, the whole movie, movie. <laughs> the yeah movie. <laughs> Like, because if you'd blown your load on that joke any earlier, yeah, it would have been half as funny, if not a quarter as funny, if not a tenth of as funny. Um, but yeah, with line delivery, there's so much of this uh, movie that's also, uh, it's a lot of physical comedy, yes, but I really think uh, this has some just fucking delicious dialogue. Yeah. It's just so good. Yeah, I wrote down a couple of my favorite lines. But I think, yeah, just wall-to-wall. Um, just, you know, movies like Airplane or Walk Hard. I mean, it's just one of those things where just, a lot of the, the funniest stuff just comes from... Uh, what the fuck they're saying? Let me find it here. Oh, my God. Did I... Do I not have it? Okay, I found it. Uh, like that bit when they're, they're like, they're like that's proof positive. Or no, uh, yeah, no, no, no. Uh, it's like, that's a double negative, but it's proof positive. Like that kind of a thing. Or yeah. like the... Uh, Just, it's basically who's on first, but it goes yeah. on so long. Or uh, this man's drunk, dead drunk. And then Christopher Lloyd goes, dead right. 
Or uh, when uh, fucking the butler is like, it's Tim Curry. He's like, can you keep a secret? And the other person's like, yeah. And he's like, so can I. <laughs> Instead of telling him, it's great. Um, or when Tim Curry's doing his whole spiel where he's running around sweating like a madman. And yeah. he's like, to keep a long story short, everybody goes too late. Yeah, At yeah. first, though, only one person says too late. And then they eventually all start saying it. Honestly, it kind of has the vibe of like Rocky Horror Picture Show in the sense that this almost feels like a play turned into a movie. Yeah, it does. Like, it seems like something I can see as a production. That'd be dope. Yeah. I mean, it would really be dependent on the people doing it. Yeah. Having a bit of charisma as well. But yeah, it would be dope. I would like to see it. And I'm sure it exists. And yeah. I, I, Dead sure. Yeah. I completely forgot about all that. All of you like. Yeah. Set up punchline jokes that There's are in the bunch, movie. Yeah. That are just two or three people talking, yeah. which are really good. Because again, I was so taken by them standing there and then uh, the, the candlestick falling on Tim. Yeah. Gray's he head says, and he's over. like, they're like, you're shouting. He's like, I'm not shouting. All right, I am shouting. And then eventually him shouting enough, like, wiggles. Yeah. Through. Or, like, yeah. the first one that really got me was they're all in the parlor where the first murder happens. Yeah. And they're like, no, it's the the cook. Uh-huh. We have to go see the cook. And then it hard cuts to a shot from another room going, seeing into the hallway, and you see all seven of them <laughs> sprint by, by, like, by the door. Doo. Oh, it's so good. It's so fun because you, like... It's almost like when I'm watching Rear Window, I become so uh, attached to J- uh, James Stewart, like just in that room. Yeah. Because I've been like that. Sometimes when I'm just a little bummed out or I'm feeling lazy or also when I have COVID or something like that. Like I feel like I've been in that situation. So I feel this like weird kind of like camaraderie with James. Same thing with this movie, but in a different way. Uh, these seven people who are all bonded by like one, the blackmail. And then on top of it, now they all, you know, someone did a murder and they have to figure out who. Like, I feel like I'm part of the gang, like trying to figure yeah. this out with them. Like, I really like everybody in this movie. Like, I really do. Um, but yeah, and then <laughs> to follow your little uh, digression about the cook, and then comes, sorry, I know it's a little insensitive, but there's a pretty decent joke, honestly. The cook is overweight, and she falls out of the fridge, and uh, Michael McKean or whatever catches her, and he's like, help me, somebody help me, please. As he's and, nobody, yeah, and nobody, and nobody does, does, and it, does. he just very slowly puts his body down and falls down. <laughs> yeah. Or even, like, when the cop comes to the door, and they're all standing there, and, like, I just love the slow reveal of, like, I can't remember exactly what they say, but, like, they're all being weird as hell every time he asks a question and answer it. So eventually he's like, yeah, you guys are being weird, I have to come in this house. Yeah, like, yeah. he basically says that. Love that whole scene. But to take it to the top, there's so many cool things that, like... I think ultimately what I like about Clue the most is it's a lot like something like Spider-Man No Way Home or the way that Grant Morrison writes comics where they never make fun of the fact that it's a board game movie. Yeah. They just take it seriously. They're like, hey, you're either in or you're out and we don't care. Much like even like theater. Like that's a big thing about things that are genuinely campy is just being like, hey, you can think it's silly all you want. We don't give a fuck. Yeah. So like, uh, and and not only that, but like, um, <laughs> like for, yeah, just from the rip, they're like, Okay, so why is everybody like Colonel Mustard and stuff like that? Oh, it's uh, aliases. They're having this dinner through aliases. Yeah. Whatever it is. Just uh, just a little simple explanation. Don't have to go into it for a long time. And then on top of it, uh, it's not that interesting, but it all works with the whole them being uh, blackmailed, and that's why they're all being called there or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Again, not a part of the board game. All invented. That's great. Um, Mr. Body. That's hilarious. You know, that yeah, he's the lovely. one that uh, is just the dead body in the movie. That's great. Uh, I just think there's so many little uh, great uh, details about the the film that are just clever. And it's just like, wow, you know, hats off to you because that was decent. And uh, also, I'm pretty sure that when you saw a showing of Clue, I think it depended on the location. I think they actually sent out different reels to different places with uh, 
with different endings or whatever. I don't think it was one of the things where like the theater had more than one reel, but I think they were at least randomized in general to begin with. Yeah. Um, genius. That's so awesome. That's so fucking cool. It is. That is so cool. But I so will cool. say the first two are kind of a wet fart compared to the like actual ending. Yeah. Um, they both have two pretty good jokes and I love that idea of mm-hmm. like talking to someone after seeing Clue and you having two different yeah. endings. That's awesome. Oh yeah. But yeah, that last one's so good. Yeah. I can't. I can't even remember what the joke in the first ending is that I like so much is. Oh, no, I think it's what I was saying earlier. Like, stop turning off the lights. We're getting scared. Yeah. Oh. And then the second <laughs> one, they both, two people smack Michael McKean right in a row, and that's really funny. And yeah. then the third one has that, I'm going to go sleep with my wife, which is just the best. Yeah. But it has the big elaborate, like, you did this murder, you did this murder, and I set the whole thing up. Yeah. It's yeah. great. But there was a lot of uh, uh, physical comedy, uh, a la, like, uh, Airplane. I think it's just something, you know... On top of the thing where I'm talking about how it's play-like and you agreed as well, um, I also think something about the 80s that lended into that whole, like, you know, just beat for beat, we get how movies work. Everybody is clocking in and they're just putting in their day's work. Um, I think lately we've really shifted to, and I don't think it's a bad thing, I like it in a lot of movies, but we've really shifted to, like, uh, more of a realistic approach to the way that people act. And I feel like 80s into the 90s, maybe the 2000s, was like the last kind of like stragglers of people who were kind of like almost like classically trained or something, where they're like putting on a performance. You know what I mean? Like it's clearly, like Nick Cage is a good example. Yeah. Like that's a style of acting that doesn't fit in Moonlight or even Scream 5. You know what I mean? Um, And so what I'm uh, going around to is that like, I think that's what lends to something like Walk Hard or like Airplane or Clue being funny is that they're acting acting you know like classical like almost and uh so there's there's that a good example of like just a joke that uh only works because you're hamming it up because you're an actor um is when he's like anybody want to drink and he pours his like nice and full and then he just like kind of like like splashes around on everybody else's that's like something straight out of airplane in my opinion you know yeah um i mean these close these movies are very close in in date but uh it's just a style it's an older style of comedy that i think does work like you, you were saying a second ago with the the rick and morty thing it uh so much of it is like uh dark and stuff like that and that i think keeps it feeling pretty modern and fresh and yeah. whatnot and that's my piece also there you go um <laughs> fuck i thought of a, a few other really good jokes well, i know i talked talking. for a while yeah i love i love when they go like into like the parlor room again i think it's when they split up and they're all checking rooms and they go everything okay in here they go yeah just two corpses everything's fine in here. <laughs> <laughs> or when the the letter the lady who sings and arrives and gives the lighter and she yeah. gets shot where yeah. they open the front door and they see her dead out there and yeah. goes okay this is getting serious <laughs> yeah i know yeah there's so many great little deadpan delivery jo- jokes like that too um like there's even a point where they walk into a room and there's a dead body on the pool table and they all kind of just without shrugging kind of basically shrug and one by one walk out of the room like yeah. the shock has finally worn off you yeah. know just to backtrack for a second though uh part of them talking to the cops that's so funny is tim curry honestly in the same vein being like oh you could use the one in the live uh no 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 you could use the one in the uh study uh Actually, could you just wait in this room? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, or I love when they're like, why don't you show the officer around the library or the ballroom or yeah. the kitchen? Yeah. And he goes, okay, officer, come with but me. But what's in these two rooms? Oh, nothing. I'm going to show you the library and yeah. the ballroom and the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. And it's just so cool. Like I said, like there's 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 a degree to which like there's this, uh, this like uh, ragtag group. It almost reminds me of... Um, I remember reading a lot when I had first discovered like community and whatnot um, about like Dan Harmon's story circle and stuff like that. 
and I can't remember exactly what it is, but I think it's something about like uh, uh, how the like easiest way or like the most tried and true way to start a story is uh, to get a bunch of people from different walks of life into one area or location or like situation, right? So like his example was, um, it started to rain really, really hard outside. So, you know, six people rush into the library to stay in there while the storm passes and dry, dries off, right? And what does that sound a lot like? Six people in a community class study group. Exactly, yeah. that kind of a thing. And so uh, that's another thing that I think just is just by the numbers so like, classic that it doesn't even need mentioning, but it just works so well here. It's just a bunch of different people from different walks of life that just, it's just a bond. It's like six seasons of a movie. It's like watching a study group yeah. over the course of six seasons bond. It just the way that they start working together like that to like hide the, 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 you know, the mystery. Um, it's fantastic. Uh, and you know, even just little like corny stuff. Like it's, there's so many fun things like, Something we talk about with Back to the Future a lot is how, like, every, like, five minutes or so, something happens. Yeah. That keeps the plot thickening up or whatever. Same thing here. Like, you know, uh, you know, X happens and then yada, yada, yada. Suddenly, oh, uh, there's a guy at the door and he wants to use the phone. And it's like, uh, go in this room. And then they lock it. And then you flash back to him maybe ten minutes later and he's like, yeah, you know, the weirdest thing is, is that one of the guys here is my old boss. And then he gets murdered, and yeah. you're like, whoa. And those are not the focal point of the movie. But all of that's happening in the background, like you said, like, just not being noticed because it's done. Just not, like, perfect in the way that it's like, this deserves an Oscar. But just perfect in the sense that, like, you wouldn't even notice it. Because yeah. it's just going off without a hitch. Yeah, and I really like, like what you're saying, almost, almost everything, including the jokes, is in some way moving this movie along yeah like the like one plus one and like they're arguing about how i love that are in the i gun. totally forgot about that <laughs> or or when he's like is there somebody else in the house no no i mean yes no meaning yes and just stuff yeah. like that or uh 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 all right take the cook's kitchen uh to the library why i'm the butler i like to keep the kitchen tidy <laughs> that's such a good oh yeah that's such a good line yeah, that reminds me of my, probably my favorite Colonel Mustard line is uh, when the fucking maid starts shooting at the door to try to shoot the lockout, and then it cuts to the other side, and he's like, I've been shot! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. So funny. His manner of speaking is so funny to me. I think my favorite Colonel Mustard line is when he opens that door, and the thing comes, the iron oh, board yeah. hits him in the head. He yeah, like say something anything. out of the Looney Tunes. Oh, it's so good. He grabs the door because he's expecting to pull it open, and there's a murder on the other side, and instead a fucking ironing board just falls on his head. It's a great bit of physical comedy. Yeah, I love it. Shock full of it. And again, the, the last thing I really want to say, uh, provided you don't have anything else, you, you absolutely can't have, but the only thing I really, really just want to get back to is fucking Tim Curry. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. The backbone of this movie. Espe I mean, Especially uh, the third act. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, it goes without saying, but he, in the third act, performs the entire movie again <laughs> while running around the house. And I think my favorite part is when they go to the kitchen. And they're like, yeah, and then you open the pantry. And he opens the pantry and Tim Curry falls out of the, yeah. the pantry because they yeah. went through the back exit. Oh, it's so good. It's I so also good. like, on top of it, like everybody being like, we saw all this. We were there. Yeah, we yeah. were there. We were there, you know. Fantastic. As far as I'm concerned, this is, in my opinion, uh, 10 out of 10 A+. Like you said, I think this is like top three funniest movies I've ever seen. This, Walk Hard, I'm drawing a blank on what I would call the third one. Refer back to my top 100 list. I'm sure I mentioned it. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's hilarious. Um, Airplane's definitely up there, and I just think it has the right kind of like, it's almost kind of like, as well as being based on a, a a board game, I think it also falls into my theory that the best comedies are also spoofs because it kind of just spoofs whodunits. Yeah, 
but it never like takes the piss out of it. You know what I mean? I feel like it spoofs whodunits, but that's not the point. No. Like, it's, that's what I like about Walk yeah. Hard is it's spoofing, you know, Johnny Cash and those 60s musicians. But, but that's not... That's not the joke. Like, it's not... They're not the... Like, those movies aren't the butt of the joke. Like, they are sometimes. They're the setup be, more so. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, like a Dewey Cox pulling six sinks off the wall. Yeah. It's funny because Johnny Cash pulled one sink off the wall. Yeah. But arguably, the funniest part of that movie is... I never realized how easy it was to have yourself with a machete. <laughs> Just those kind of moments are great. Well, I like I said, I think the, the the thing about these kinds of movies is that's the setup. The same way that like uh, I think that the reason why something like Scary Movie doesn't work is because the whole time what they're trying to beat over your head is that like this is as dumb as those stupid horror movies you like. Yeah. Whereas like it never feels like Walk Hard or like Clue or Airplane is trying to do that. They're never trying to say like you know like Jesus, aren't these fucking bad movies? Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I mean, yeah, because I feel like Clue and Walk Hard have, like, some, like, kind of reverence or, like, mm-hmm. appreciation for yeah. those movies in order to make fun of them. It's a almost, little bit of a love letter, kind of. Almost like Scream 1. Almost um, like... Almost like Scream 1. I 100% agree with you, actually. Yeah. I would go so far as to say I agree with you, but almost like the way that a roast works. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, you yeah. make a little bit of fun of it, but at the end of the day, you like Mr. Saget. Or you yeah, like yeah. whoever you're... R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. Um, or but, whoever's getting roasted. But, like, the difference... Between that and, like, Scary Movie is, I think, you know, this. And Walk Hard uses the murder mystery to make a joke about these people in this room in this situation where Scary Movie is just like, oh, instead of a knife, I got a banana. Uh Uh-oh. And then I throw it. It just, uh uh-oh, and I'm going to do the Matrix spin. Like, it's just, uh, I don't think there's a lot of of clever commentary on horror movies in the Scary Mm -hmm. Movies. They're just uh, slapstick shit in the middle of scream you mm-hmm. know uh scary movies bad is what i'm getting at. oh for sure we haven't even put that episode out yet oh yeah yeah what do we watch it with i guess we should put it out next because it fits into our screamathon what do we watch it with though do you we remember? watched it with 13 scary ghosts no because 13 scary ghosts i think is paired with salem's lot which will come out whenever we decide to it's blow 13 our scary lots yeah whenever we okay, decide yeah. to blow our vampire load there all right what go. are you rating it I'm gonna give it an A plus. Yeah, there you go. I loved it. Uh, it's gonna. I mean, I, I I like to be contrarian. I think yeah. we agree too much on this, but I think when it comes to comedies, me and you are on the exact same page. I think this. <laughs> yeah. It's it's great. It's one of the best I've ever seen. Yeah, um, I think it's a great movie to pop on in the background. Yeah, I have. Just laid in bed and doing something on your phone. Or I'm whatever. probably gonna watch it again sometime soon. Yeah, um, I loved it. Yeah, very this, comforting. This might be what we disagree on, but I think my top three are Walk Hard, Clue, and Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz? Yeah. No, Hot Fuzz is definitely way up there. Like I said, it's, it's... It's it's weird that they're all kind of parodies. Sorry, go on. Yeah, all three of them are. Uh, I think all three of them are uh, definitely up there, except World's End might be a little lower, but definitely Shaun of the Dead's... Definitely... I mean, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz made my top 100, so I don't necessarily disagree. I just think there's a movie I'm overlooking for some reason. I'd have to refer back to my top 100. But yes, definitely Shaun of the Dead, definitely Hot Fuzz. Those are two other movies that, again, just strengthen my argument that the funniest movies are... Our parodies, because those two are some of the funniest fucking movies I've ever seen. Like, for sure. No doubt. 100%. You know, it's not making my top 100. A Scream 5. <laughs> we got back just moments ago from seeing Scream 5. Yes, mere moments. And I got spooked. Not going to lie to you. Yeah. I left for the bathroom, and it was almost like the scene in Scream 2. I like went in with like two guys. And then those two guys left or whatever, and I was just alone in the bathroom, and that MJR has, like, wall to your left, sink and mirrors, wall to your right, sink and mirrors, like, wall-to-wall sink and mirror, though. Yeah. So, like, the 
turns into a fourth dimensional like fucking fractal and like i was just i'm all alone in there and like it's not that bright and it's like i think we saw it at like 145 or something so there's something about the midday that's very lynchian <laughs> yeah you got up and left we went to the the theater we went into was i think basically someone's very big tv it was very small um yeah it was like a seven seed yeah and you got mjr up, room yeah you got up and left and peed and i don't think i've ever experienced something scarier than sitting in a movie theater alone because no one else was there yeah uh when the lights but it's not out. a normal one it's a tiny it, little it was almost it's almost like uh some eccentric millionaire invited you to his home oh, movie exactly. theater yeah, yeah, yeah and he was like well just a moment i'll bring us back a bit of brandy and he's gone for like a little too long and then the lights go out on you mm-hmm. that's probably what it had to feel like i, I can almost hear the clash from his downstairs bowling alley across yeah. the hall going from his other party guest <laughs> and then at one point in the movie because spoilers i had already seen this before me and you wouldn't see it and i was like i just have to kind of pee mm-hmm and I don't want to be watching this movie, so I'm going to get up and go pee. And I went into the same bathroom, and you are 100% correct. <laughs> uh, it's a very liminal space. It's just, it's yeah. maybe the quietest room I've ever been in. Yeah. And it was just horrifying. Yeah. I, I love MJRs because they just feel like quaint little movie theaters. Like, they're not the best theaters in the world, no. but everything just works, if that makes any sense. <laughs> I can always get a seat. They usually work. I can get food or whatever. I don't yeah. have to. Now they have bars? Now they have bars. Wasn't open. We were pretty bummed out about that. Even though it was two in the afternoon. All it takes to not remember Isle of Dogs is two Long Islands. Yeah, exactly. I like Isle of Dogs a lot. I cannot tell you anything that happens in that movie. Did you do Long Islands too? Or no, it was Ben that, that was doing the. It was you and Ben. Yeah. I've seen this movie. I've seen that movie four times. <laughs> I can't. The boy's name is Atari, Brian Cranston, yeah. and Edward Norton are dogs. It's mm. great. I love it. It looks really nice, but I can't tell you anything about the plot of that movie. But yeah, we went and had a classic movie theater experience. We went in. You bought my ticket. I bought your food. You bought, by, I mean by food, you bought a large Dr. Pepper. Too much Dr. Pepper. Too much Dr. Pepper. Almost felt like a liter. Yeah. yeah. I hands. think it might have been. Uh, and then we went to the, you said, do you have Coke? And they said, yes. And Not we true. The machine, they had a, a Pepsi freestyle machine or whatever Pepsi calls them. And you got a Dr. Pepper. We made jokes about, we joked for too long about the different flavors of Mountain Dew and stuff you could get. Yeah. Uh, our movie was starting in seconds and we're like, oh, let's do some bits about Orange Crush. <laughs> and then you started, uh, you filled up that giant thing with ice. And I was like, Chris, you're so concerned about the tap water. And you're like, oh, that. Yeah, because for context, here in Michigan, uh, there was a big expose about how uh, scientists were basically like, hey, the tap, it's just straight brain damage. They're not doing what they're supposed to with the tap water. You think Flint's bad. Yeah, with lead. But there's other stuff that can be in the water. So anyways. And so, yeah, it was you that I was like, this has got to, I was like, this has got to be like brain damage ice, right? And you're like, oh, for sure. No, I said. Oh, no. That's got to be brain damage ice. You said, well, they probably have like a water filter in here, don't they? And then midway through saying that, I was like, I don't think they're getting a guy with braces to go do that every hour or whatever, every three weeks or whatever it is. And then you dumped out all the ice and then you filled it with Dr. Pepper and you're like, well, the water they put and they mix with the syrup has got to be brain damage water, too. Mm. And so you dumped that out and then you filled it with ice. And I think you dumped it out again. <laughs> I don't know. It took you six minutes to fill up a cup full of Dr. Pepper. And then after all this deliberation about how bad the tap water might be. We you, missed the movie. You saw just an open container of jalapenos sitting on the counter. And you're like, ooh, I'm going to take one of these. And I had, I had to almost physically stop you from <laughs> yeah. grabbing just an open, my from a, a jalapeno just sitting out in the open air. And then anyway... Yeah. That can't be good, right? Just to have them out like that? No, absolutely not. That's why I stopped you. If I ever see any type of food sitting out anywhere, I don't want it. 
If I'm in a McDonald's and I go Opposite. one, I want one, it. If I go one hamburger, please, and I can see that the hamburgers are just sitting out, I'm like, never mind. Oh. <laughs> uh. Anyways, I kind of have a bit of a feeling we're about to prove scary movie five's point. Do 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 do. Mail time. Mail time. It'd be really good if we could. It'd be really good if we could edit in like a slash sound when you when you do the scream. Fine. I'll think about it. Yeah. Okay. All right, scream five. Let's see what we got here. Scream. My brain is mush. I have seen somewhere around 20 sequels in the past five months. My brain is mush. Scream 5 sits in my brain mush and splashes around in it, covering itself in what used to be my fine motor functions and memories of my late grandfather. Directed by whoever and starring no one. <laughs> Scream 5 is a film that the first Scream was created to mock and shame. Bad motivations, boring killers, forgettable performances, and uneventful kills, and poorly CGI'd uh, de-aging effects on old-ass actors makes mush. Mushy mush, brain mushy mush. I will no longer be watching any more movies. Thank you. 3 out of 10. I liked Jack Wall Quaid. Uh, this is my favorite letter that we've ever received. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cue the theme song. I think that was all that needed to be said. Yeah, this movie fucking sucks. Yeah, um, let me start from the top. Um, here's how I feel about the movie. My brain is mush. I've seen somewhere <laughs> around 20 sequels in the last five months. My brain is uh, mush. Scream 5 sits in my brain mush and splashes around at it, covering itself in what used to be my fine motor functions and memories of my late grandfather. Directed by whoever and starring no one, Scream 5 is a film that the first Scream was created to mock and shame. Bad motivations, boring killers, forgettable performances, uneventful kills, and poorly CGI de-aging effects on old-ass actors makes mush. Mushy, mushy brain mush. So real quick, I'm gonna keep this in my pocket and refer back to it whenever I feel like I've hit a lull on what I want to complain about with Scream Five. But yeah, uh, also I will say though, at the end, spoilers, I'm still gonna give it like a C because it's fine enough. I don't know if I'll ever watch it, but I think it's about as strong as Four was or Two was. It's probably only better than those are probably like if I were gonna do a stream Scream tier list at this point, it would probably go like one, two, five, and four. Uh, kind of just next to each other, and then the very last, nah, maybe three's better. It'd probably go one, two, three, four, five. Or sorry, one, two, four, five, three. That's probably how I'd go. Yeah, mine would go what? Probably one, four, two, three, five. Yeah. No. Three, two, five. I like three more than two. Yeah. It's not for good reasons. I not just, for good I reasons. I would rather watch it. <laughs> um, so I saw this movie like two weeks ago. Yeah, you go ahead and go first a little bit. Um, and I've just been stewing on it. I've just been yeah. stew-mockering on it. That's <laughs> Matthew Lillard's uh, name of the first one, I think. You take the reins. Um, I'll jump in when I feel like i got something to splash in. This movie is bad. Um, it started and it's going on, and it starts doing some stuff where I'm like, I think I'm going to like this movie. I thought so, too. I thought there was a good um, chance. I think it looks really good. I think there's a lot I of... Looks pretty decent, I think Ghostface yeah. looks really good. I do. I think they do a lot yes. of cool shots with him. I think his like mask looks just perfectly yeah. clean and white. Mm-hmm. Um, like, after... Like, when... Like, right at the beginning where he's stabbing Tara, I believe, and he gets up, and there's just that shot of him, like, getting bigger over her. Yeah. I like that. Or, like, when he kills, spoilers, Dewey, there's just that shot of him standing in the hallway with twist, two knives. Oh, yeah. That was the biggest twist, I think, in cinema history. Yeah. I actually leaned over to you in the uh, movie theater when that happened, and I, I, I said out loud, I 
genuinely didn't expect him to have a second yeah. babe. <laughs> or when he kills that weird dude who's in this movie for a total of three minutes and gets top billing. Um, Why was he even in there? No idea. Um, but they kill that guy behind. He kills that guy behind the bar. Because hang on a minute, that was entirely just a loose end. Because there's even the point where David Arquette says. Because they asked David Arquette, they're like, why would he kill that guy? And he's like, that's for you guys to figure out. Mm-hmm. They never try to figure out nope, nothing. Not it's just not hanging. It's, yeah. And, but I really like that shot. I like that they're playing a red right hand. Yes. Um, I think mm-hmm. every screen movie should have red right hand in it. And yeah. the one thing that bothers me is it cuts when he's wiping off the knife. Uh-huh. And it goes in his red right hand. But he's wiping the blood off with his left hand. So he's got a red left hand. That really bothers me. <laughs> um. I think they have some interesting stuff that they're going for. But my biggest, biggest problem with this is they talk about being meta. And they talk about what this movie's going to be. That's been my be. problem since the first one, honestly. Yeah. Is that they have a lot of meta talking to do. Yeah, that's what I hate about but 2, they don't... 3, and 4. Yeah. One, they talk about it here and there. Mm-hmm. Rain and, and it's kind of whatever. Stuff, but it's doing more than it's saying. Yes. This movie does almost none of it. Mm-hmm. They go, oh, we're going to do this. And we're going to... They do... They do uh, fulfill their promise that there's a new cast with legacy characters, which yeah. just makes this movie just decentralized. On I, a side note, though, real quick, I definitely want to just highlight what you just said because I feel like it's a lot of what our criticism for these movies have been since the first one is that it is so much talk and not a lot of walk. I think the way that I put it at one point was that Scream... I think it was while we were talking about Scream 4, I went on a long rant where I was like, I don't know if you're going to totally agree with me because I know you like this one a decent amount, but I, I said that ultimately my problem with all of them is that Scream 1 earns yep. the right to do some table talk and whatnot. Yep. All these other ones kind of don't. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's almost like what we were talking about with the last movie, where I think Scream 1, what's-his-face going on about movies and stuff like that, it's almost a little bit like, just go with us on this. Mm-hmm. The, the, the idea of a kid being like, oh, this is how horror movies work and this is what's going to work here. It's like, yeah. nobody would talk like that in this situation, but whatever, I buy no, it. No, but you've also seen enough in movies of like, like even like Salem's Lot, like there's that young boy who like uh, loves monsters. That's a staple of movies. So in a sense, like that one's situated so close to that in my mind that it seems like not that far of a leap to be like, oh, well, that kid grows up eventually. And yep. what happens? He works at a movie theater, uh, I mean, a, a, a blockbuster, and he's still obsessed with horror movies. Mm-hmm. And he might talk like this. Now, it is a little like just go with it for sure, but it gets even harder to go with every time they make another one of these movies. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, because eventually, just like you were just saying about the legacy cast, how you know it becomes decentralized because it's about this new cast. Same thing. They, but in a different way, they have that centralized to Jamie Kennedy in the first movie. Yeah, and a little bit in the second one, but after that, when the three, four, and five, it's decentralized. Then suddenly, every character in your movie has something snide comment section you to say about horror movies yep. there's no longer that guy it's everybody has something to say yeah and in a sense maybe that's intended to be comedy but i mean not comedy commentary on how like everybody's got an opinion now but eh, gag me with a spoon i put that in the category of if your movie uh, uh uh is meta and has actors in it don't make them fucking buffoon blonde haired two by fours because that's not interesting comedy uh, uh, commentary anymore mm-hmm. same bin that's going in the same bin if that was your point anyways yeah like the first one jamie kennedy is saying all this stuff and everyone's like oh fuck it whatever randy yeah and at the end it's uh, kind of like everyone's like oh fuck would you look at that randy was kind of right <laughs> and then in the rest of the movies they're like we have to listen to exactly what randy says because he is yeah. gospel and it just sucks because in the uh, initial like it didn't really feel like 
it was that biting of commentary. He was just saying like, oh, dude, in these old slasher movies, don't have sex because you're going to die. Don't do drugs because you're going to die and never say, I'll be right back. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much all he says. I mean, he says that other thing about your motive. Those are just tried and true staples where you can't go wrong making those comments. Each time we see a movie, it compounds to the point where they're like, well, actually, the Babadook is elevated horror because it has elements of, uh, you know, an emotional climax that coincides with the violence. that, And it's like, whoa, dude, again... You've turned everybody into like, like I said, like armchair film critics. Is just, and I get yeah. that everybody knows a bit about movies, but it just it, it it goes to the point where like I can no longer just go with it. You've taken me out of the movie because, again, people kind of talk like this, but like, not exactly. Like it just feels a little robotic. And I think my biggest thing about it, they might do this in two, three, and four. I don't think they do it in five. But something I love about one is right when he gets to that point. Where, like, he's... Throughout the movie, he's been, like, throwing things out here and there. Like, this is how these movies work and blah, blah, blah. But at the end, at the party, when he gets up and he goes, These are the rules. This is what you have to do. You never say, I'll be right back. Because you won't come back. Uh, Matthew Lillard says, I'll be right back. And he comes back. Very funny. And he goes, you can't have sex. And it cuts to her and losing she does virginity. Have sex. And it immediately is just telling you, we're deviating from this. Yeah, also, he's this not, not right. Yeah, he's yeah. not right this time. He's yeah. been right up until now. Yes. But this movie is doing something different now. That's a great way to put it. the rest of these movies, yeah. they just fucking do that. 100%, yeah. And it sucks. That's and a great way to put it. I, I, I definitely glossed over that, and thank you for bringing that up. That's exactly right. Yeah, and in, in especially this one, just because you're telling me how these movies work, and then you make the most derivative movie I've ever seen, <laughs> doesn't make it smart or clever. Yeah. Um. I, I really hate when I hear people talk about movies and go, oh, well, they should have done this. If they would have made this movie like this, it would have been good. Yeah. Because in my opinion, it's like, well, that's not what the movie is. If yeah. you have those complaints and you're thinking of that while you're watching the movie, there's no way you're going to like it. Mm-hmm. But that's exactly what I'm going to do with this movie. Yeah. Because my biggest problem with it and the wildest part of this movie is yeah. our, I guess, main character is the illegitimate daughter of Billy Loomis. So she sees him in the mirror all the time because I guess that's how that works um yeah that was my first thing as soon as he saw her i was like oh geez like i am a pretty vocal opponent to the idea of like just grabbing out of the cliche like oh, let's just reach into the old hollywood stereotype of what mental illness is like bag and just yeah. pull out a very uh uh uninformed depiction of what being psychotic yeah. would be like because in real life i really really doubt that that's how that works if you're taking antipsychotic. Nope. I don't really feel like people see that kind see of See visions of their dead father that they don't, they've yeah. never met? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. And my thing is, the first time I saw it, when you first see him, I was like, oh, no. And I was like, but this is a screen movie. They might do something clever with this. And they don't. They mm-hmm. do it that once in the hospital, 10 minutes later when she's driving, and then they completely forget about it for the next hour and a half. Just... The worst is absolutely when she's like at the very end and she's like, yeah, you broke the cardinal sin of horror movies. Don't fuck with the daughter of a psychopath. And then there's like a 45 second scene where she just keeps stabbing and stabbing and stabbing. And I'm like, okay, not the hero anymore. Don't like her. She I'm uncomfortable now. What do you what the fuck was that? I to to what I was saying is I think this movie would be better this way. And I hate when people do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. I thought when you see him in the mirror and then she gets attacked immediately in that hospital, 
She's on the phone with the killer. And she goes, well, come and get me. And the killer goes, fine. And then just throws open the door that's right behind her. Because the door is already open and he's hiding behind the door and the wall. Between the door and the wall. Yeah. And I thought, there's no fucking way she would not have heard him behind her. Mm-hmm. And then she has that fight with him and the cop goes in and no one's in the room. And I'm like, okay, if they do this, that it is her. And we get like a fight clubby thing. Mm-hmm. And, it is, and this movie is a commentary on modern horror films. Mm-hmm. Like they keep talking about at the beginning like it's an elevated horror film where it's Mm. like oh is she crazy or is she not if that's what this movie was i think it could have been good i think a current day scream Mm. should probably be doing that yeah and then you find out at the end oh the killers were all the kids Mm. and they know she has this going on so they're trying to convince her that that's what's happening Mm. or something like that yeah you get what i'm saying absolutely and for it to just be actually nothing in this movie yeah and, oh, God, the worst fucking part of this movie. I think these are the worst set of killers we've had in any of these movies. Absolutely easy. Um, I, I, that was another bit of um, just couldn't keep my mouth shut in the movie theater. Uh, as soon as it was revealed, I leaned over to you and I was like, since the first one, God, though, just the why is always the most boring part yeah. of these movies. And also they have had shit luck as far as trying to get... Anybody who even is half as naturally intimidating as Stu and Billy were as actors, like yeah. those actors, when they're not in Ghostface, they're almost scarier. Yeah, like you said right when we were leaving, we we made a rule that we weren't going to talk about this movie until we, we get to the podcast. Just we like Scream, we broke it. We talked about it so much. Um, <laughs> you made a really good point. Uh, Matthew Lillard and Skeet Ulrich are the only two people I have ever found threatening mm-hmm. in any of these movies outside or inside of the ghost yeah. costume yeah. but especially when they're in that kitchen at the end of that movie and it's like oh fuck and it's like it's 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 they do the the thing that everybody does what everybody tries to copy from them it's just like oh we're really wacky now because we've revealed it and we're showing you that we're crazy and that works for them a because it's the first time yes and b you get that scene where they start fucking stabbing each other yeah and it's, it's paired great. with them actually doing something really insane. Because, like, don't get me wrong. Killing everybody you know is insane. Yeah. But I've seen it enough that almost like Clue, like, I see a movie where someone gets killed. And it's fair to say we're all desensitized at this point. It's not really that big yeah. of a deal. So if that's all they're doing, come on. That's why Scream works so well. Exactly like you just said. They start stabbing each other. And you're like, what the fuck? I've never seen someone do that. So yeah. I feel like any of these movies could have benefited from like them actually doing something crazy. And they work so well because I, when they're given their monologue at the end and Billy goes, get too complicated with the motive, you lose the audience. Which is exactly what they did in two and yes. three and four, four and, five. and five. Especially four and five, though, because four, we talked about it. They were like, fuck, she's got like three motives. There's a the whole thing about 15 minutes of fame and like she's just trying to get hers. And then it's like, so it's like a comp- commentary on like how this generation is just hungry for its 15 minutes. And same thing with this one. Like it turns out to be this thing where like they're having this whole big conversation about how like sequels you can't just do a sequel and you can't just do a remake and the so it's got to be a requel and so like fandom, the fans the fans exist. the fans yeah and then suddenly it turns out that your two killers are people who are like you fucked with my movie i loved sab sab which again is supposed to be commentary on like how people didn't like the last scream because they felt like they fucked with what the original scream was and so they have this larger overarching commentary about how like yeah sequels worked at one point and remarks remakes worked at one point but now neither of those works you get to blend the two like star wars and yada yada and nothing that they say is untrue 
it's just a too convoluted to be the motive for your killer <laughs> and two fuck you just again like okay make a jamie character character a jamie kennedy character who says that and then have your murderer have like some very simple re because uh, again like like yeah my, my, my big big thing about the end of this movie is their motivation is 4chan is the meta part of this yeah. movie where that's the commentary about fans and stuff like that what i was getting to in the first one where he goes the motive gets too complicated you lose the audience yeah but here's my really complicated motive and he talks about how yeah. his mom uh, how his mom was cheating on his mm -hmm. dad with her dad and this and that but you can tell in that scene and you can tell throughout the rest of the movie because you get hints from it that billy loomis it's just an insane man. Yes. And this, he's just using this as an excuse yeah. to start killing people, and he talked his friend into doing Which it with him. Which is, in real life, kind of how, like, you get that sense from some real-life serial killers. Yeah. That, nope, they're just broken. They may be saying that they have this reason for doing it or that they have this reason to do it, but, like, I can just look in their eyes and tell that there's something wrong in there. Yeah. And, yeah, they're saying one thing, but... That doesn't mean that I believe that that's true yeah. for them in their head, and that's a great, another uh, great example of, um, yeah, the, the the horse that we've just been beating for like five episodes now, which is that yeah, the first one did a great job of creating characters who actually felt like they were mentally unwell. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and because like another example from the first one is both Stu and Billy have a couple of scenes throughout the thing, like when they're intimidating. Uh, Jamie Kennedy, mm -hmm. where you're like, oh, God, that's a little uncomfortable. Or when Billy says, Jesus, your mom's been dead for like a year. Could you get over it? Like, they yeah. say things that are like, what the fuck? What did either of those two characters do, do in this movie? There was like maybe that one scene where the woman was in the garage with the other girl, Liv, or whatever, mm -hmm. and she's like, well, I am the killer, or whatever. And like, that was supposed to be a little weird, but no, you're missing the mark. The whole thing is that like, they should be saying something that like, you know, if you said it at a dinner party, people would, like, gasp at or something. They should be saying something that's, like, kind of a kerfuffle. Like, oof. Like, example. Billy Loomis shouldn't say you should be over it because your mom died a year ago. Yeah. Her saying, maybe I am the killer, is something that anybody might kind of, like, joke about yeah. a little bit. Like, if someone was killing all of our friends, I'm sure one night we would have a couple of beers and be like, hey, fuck, maybe it's you, maybe it's you. No, it is me. Whatever. I mean, that's, I'm not saying that it's, like... I'm just saying it's not that abnormal. Yeah. It's I, not crazy enough. You need to up the, the ante a little bit on how yeah. crazy your characters are. That's such a good part about the first one is throughout the whole movie, they're telling you Billy Loomis is the killer. Yeah. Until right at the end where the switch becomes there's two of them. Mm -hmm. So you see him get stabbed and you go, fuck, I guess it's not him. Yeah. And then bada bing, bada boom, it's both of them. Yeah. And yeah, the thing about your mother, blah, 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 or where they're teaming up on him in the video store, yeah. it very much so feels like Billy Loomis is the crazy one. Mm -hmm. And Stu is just a boy who's got his back, which yeah. is what it is. And, and this and all the other ones, the killers are just completely normal people who sometimes leave the movie for a very long time yeah. and you never see them yeah. anymore. 100%. But in this one, they're just two 100%. normal people and at the end, she's like, ooh, I was been obsessed since my parents bought this house and he's like, I've been obsessed with these movies forever and I yeah. moved to this city and got into a relationship with you because I was going to bring you here and it's like, oh, this is too, this, this is, is way jumping too much. a shark on a shark. <laughs> Like and you're like, riding a shark off the ramp to jump the shark. And yeah, when they start talking about, yeah, it's because toxic fandom, fandom can't be toxic. How can it be toxic if you love something? Every time they delivered a new line, I could see you out of the corner of my eye, put your head in your hands. Yeah. It's just so bad. Um, and I hate 
hate's a strong word. I really don't like the actress who plays Amber. I don't find I her don't like interesting her, no, I at don't all like in this movie. Yeah, very bland. Very bland. Um, I will. I do think it's fun that she gets lit on fire at the end of this movie, and the only other movie I've seen her in is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where yeah. she gets lit on fire at the end. I don't know that it's her fault. I just don't think she should have been the killer character, because otherwise, I'd be fine with it. Yeah, it might. It's almost until she becomes the killer that I can stand her. It's, it's... And yeah, a big problem I have with this movie is this girl is like five foot three, and she weighs maybe a hundred pounds. Well, yeah, because I was gonna say to you, what what point did you think oh, Ghostface could be a girl this time? Never. And my biggest problem is there's that scene in the hospital where the other killer is running away with everybody else from her, and she's six foot four. Yeah. And she picks up David Arquette with two knives. Yeah. It's like, no, that's not. And I was, oh, fuck, I was so excited when he shoots Ghostface. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, fuck. If they kill one of these killers right yes, now in the middle of this movie, fantastic. this is going to be awesome. Would I can't fantastic. wait to see how the rest of this movie goes. And then they get in the car and they're like, we're leaving Woodsboro. And I'm like, awesome. Absolutely. How is the other killer going to get to them? Yeah. And they just undo those immediately. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're right, too. Those are great observations. Those are two different pathways they could have taken that yeah. would have been interesting. And David Arquette goes, oh, to shoot this person in the head, I need to be within stabbing distance of them. Well, you know what? Uh, also, even if they did leave, leave Woodsboro, they're leaving with one of the killers. So there you yeah. go. It would have worked out, yeah, too. Yeah. You, know? you could have done a couple of interesting things. Um, real quick, and to get back on your soapbox of like uh, what they should have done, uh, well, I guess we never left because we're currently doing it. Mm -hmm. But... <laughs> One of the things that I think could have uh, worked pretty well is um, if they would have upped the ante with how many people were uh, were uh, uh, you know uh, doing the murdering. Um, yeah. Like for example, uh, I was talking to my dad about it because like, he also saw it, and he was like, "I thought perhaps it'd be interesting if there were three killers, yeah. right?" Because uh, he had this thing about how like, well, what if you know uh, Tara or whatever the younger sister was yeah. like involved? She found out about what her sister was lying about. And, you know, decided to, like, you know, her two close friends, whatever the hell, whatever. Um, I genuinely thought at a certain point, much like your two little things, like the leaving and the, mm -hmm. the what if they killed one of the ghost faces, there was a point where I was like, oh, fuck, what if it's her whole friend group? Yeah. Because I, if you were doing the 15 minutes of fame angle, like the last one, or if you were doing the they're going to make a movie out of this angle, that was one of the two or three motives that these killers had. It's not outside of the realm of believability, in my opinion, that four people would agree to be a part of a murder. Yeah, for um, all it does wrong, killer. my favorite part of Scream 3 is that there's one. Mm -hmm. Like, they ditch the two killers immediately because we've yeah. done it twice already, and then they do it in four, and then they do it in five. Yeah. Yeah, I would have loved for them to mix that up a little bit. Do you want to say something you like about this movie? Um, I genuinely, like I said, the reason why I, I, I gave the spoiler and said that I'd give it a C is that... Besides the um, the failings to live up to what the first one did in terms of like, um, I guess <laughs> to use the lingo, like the movie having the proper like almost like motive. Yeah. Um, besides all that, just beat for beat. A lot of it is, like you said, good to look at. Very watchable um, for the most part. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I very like not offensive, just worked out fine. That's the best I can say for like 70% of the movie. I, I completely disagree. Yeah. I feel like so much of it that I like at the beginning, uh -huh. the first time I saw it was because I was thinking this is a screen movie. Yeah. This is going to pay off. 
Yeah. And when none of those things pay off, mm-hmm. they become meaningless and no longer good to me. Yeah. Um, and that's fair to say. But like I said, that's if I was just giving it, it's like the overview, like it's just fine. Um, in terms of like, 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 sue me if you'd like, but I thought the fucking him referring to his biceps as fucking Hobbs and Shaw <laughs> was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wasn't expecting it. And I don't think they, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Just, I just thought it later. I, uh, it didn't like, uh, in my opinion, get delivered in a way where like, even just the way that the syllables are pronounced is corny. You know what I mean? Like sometimes in, in movies, like the delivery will be off and it's just the way it's delivered. That'll be, but no, it just kind of came out nonchalant and I wasn't expecting it. And I was like, that's pretty funny. Cause that's like a, that's like a fast and furious, like seven, eight, nine kind of reference. That's not even yeah. like, like that's, that's a recent addition. That's yeah. That's pretty funny. Like, I feel like it's a joke that I might make. Like if we heard a noise outside, I'd be like, mm, show that guy to Hobson and Hobson show. And you'd probably snicker a little bit. Cause you'd be like, well, it came out of nowhere. And that's just how I felt about it. Where I was like, man, yeah, kind of came out of nowhere. That was all right. Um, yeah, I guess, like you said, I also like uh, the way that Ghostface looks. Um, yeah, I I was thinking thinking about Ghostface looking good when yeah. he stabs um, Wes in the neck in his house. Yeah. Uh, the blood and knife, everything's all CG, but they they do a little computer graphics where they some blood goes back onto his mask. Yeah. And I thought, you know, that'd be super cool if. Just as the movie went on, the mask got a little bloodier. Uh-huh. But since there's two of them, there's two different masks. Uh-huh. So one's a little bloody, maybe one's not, or maybe one's bloody in yeah. one way, one's bloody in another way. That'd be fun. I have never come across this. I only know about it because of a conversation I had with my dad. But there are people out there who have studied the location of where Stu and Billy are and their body language and have been able to pretty accurately, I guess, I don't know, but map out which killer is doing the killing. Yeah. And even in scenes like the opening one, they've theorized that there's no way that like the killer could be here and here or here and then here. And so this is an example of a killing that has to be both of them doing it. And so like they'll, they they have like layouts where they can show like where the people are, they, they, each of them are moving. Like for yeah. example, like you know how I complained about the first one, like how quickly they get um, Ooh, Drew, Barrymore. Drew Barrymore's body into that tree. Uh, it's easily explained by this map because they're like, well, because it's both of them. So they're able to easily throw her up there very quickly. You know what I mean? Whereas one person would struggle to get it up there kind of thing. Whatever it is, right? That kind of thing. Yes. Yeah, so but right after that, they're at school and they're like, well, what about you, Stu? Where yeah. were you last night? He goes, I was with my girlfriend all night. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. But anyways, I feel like we couldn't, uh, you, you couldn't do that with this movie because uh, as we've said, one of the killers does not look like <laughs> um, any of the ghost faces we saw, at least yeah. from what I can remember. Um, I don't ever remember seeing it and thinking, ooh, there you go. So anyways, in terms of what I like about the movie, that's kind of it. Like I said, like, excuse me. As a first-time viewing experience, I was definitely um, watching it for a long time and thinking, wow, I really could like this Scream one. I might. And then, like you said, yeah, once it finally, like, you know, Scooby-Doo reveals, um, I'm like, oh, okay. So the most boring white guy I've ever seen, and this lady oh, who um, I love Jack Quaid. Sorry, go on. <laughs> and then, uh, and then the, this lady who just kind of annoyed me a couple of times throughout the thing. They're the killers, okay? Uh, and their reasoning is that they're just two members of toxic fandom. And again, it's one of those things where like it seems like cynical and mean like the last one remember we were talking about how like it's like oh yeah it seems like the 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 moral or whatever of this 
this movie ends up being like, yep, that's what young kids want. They just want their 15 minutes, even if they have to get it through doing a massacre, which is fine. Because, like, I know that there's a lot of people talking about that with the whole, like, you know, that's why people do mass shootings now instead of being serial killers because they want instant gratification or whatever. But then that kind of thing, I don't know, that might be a little too, like, serial killer glorification, mm -hmm. in my opinion, to say something like that. But I know that I have heard people say that kind of thing. Whatever. Ultimately, I end up thinking it it, 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 it becomes uh, sort of pointed at the audience unfairly. And same thing with this one. It, uh, as someone who definitely thinks that every one of the movies since the first Scream is basically kind of pissed on Scream's grave. Yeah, you turn the bad guys into people who think you haven't made a good movie in four movies. Yeah. That seems kind of... I, I mean, and yeah, that's, that's the thing that... That's one of the things that gets me about them at the end. Toxic fandom, yeah, that shit sucks. But really, those you are just... You didn't make good movies. <laughs> yeah, those are just people that are extremely mad at your bad movies. Yeah, that's Like, it. when I see a bad horror movie, I go, eh, whatever. Like this one. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I'm, I'm shitting on this one pretty hard. But also, that's one of those things, like, just because I talked about it for a long time, like, I'm not going to, like, when we finish, I'm not going to go into my room and just be like, ah, fuckers. Ah, those fuckers. I'm probably not going to think about this movie ever again. The yeah, same yeah, way that yeah, I yeah. have not thought about Halloween Kills since we saw Halloween Kills. Yeah. I haven't really. But that's why that's why I'm saying now let's let's talk about some things that we like about yeah. this movie. I really like again how it looks. I love 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 at the end. There's that whole scene at the party and they purposely shoot it in different positions than they shot the first one. Mm -hmm. So you don't realize it's that house until that's she's great, on the yeah. phone with her and it pulls out and you see the staircase going into the kitchen and that is a good reveal. TV. And then when it cuts to her watching stab and Jamie Kennedy being like, "Oh, turn around, Jamie." Mm -hmm. And it's shot from the same angle. It's like, oh, cool, this is the same house. Uh, problem with that scene I really don't like. I hate her sitting on the couch saying the exact same thing. Yeah. I would have liked it more if she was like, you idiot. Yeah. Or just like, just laughing at it or something like that. And because I do like her going, huh, and then turning around. Mm -hmm. That I thought I liked that. Um, I love, 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 love David Arquette in this movie. I think he's great. Yeah, I think he's pretty good. I think, honestly, it's an upgraded version of sorry i'm not trying to be i know what you're gonna say yeah I, I i feel like it's a less cringy version of what they did with jamie lee i like i think i feel like that might be intentional too and i like yeah. that because um, like i said like i'm not it's just that the the extent to which jamie lee has prepared for michael myers is only okay if like <clears throat> Like Halloween H20 happened, even. Yeah. Like it has to be this thing that's reoccurring in her life. Like for it to have happened like the once and the twice, like I can understand her being a bit paranoid. Like I would understand her character from H20 way easier than I would Halloween Kills and Halloween, whatever the fuck the other one was called. Because as you pointed out when we were talking about H20 or whatever it was, you were like, I like that she's someone who has a hard time, maybe he's on medication, maybe he's in therapy, but is also the dean of a college. Yeah. Like, went on to do stuff. Yeah. Um, because in real life, that's kind of what ends up happening. Like, you maybe survive someone trying to kill you or whatever, and then you kind of go on with your life. Maybe you do have some problems or whatever. Maybe you turn to drugs or alcohol. But I, I really can't point to a real-life example other than, like, doomsday preppers of people who become gun net hoarders and try yeah. to turn themselves into Batman-style survivalists. So anyways, long story short, I know I went on for way too long. Um, but yeah, David Arquette seems like someone who is not well-adjusted because of the fact that they've been through four horror movies. Yeah. I See, the Jamie Lee Curtis thing is one of those things that the, just go with it. Like, yeah. for me, yeah. it's like, hey, yeah. this is what she's like. And I'm like, okay, sure. whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's 
somewhere that's totally in the fair. I'm being an asshole, but it no, seems I, I, weird. I think you're definitely valid in saying that. It just doesn't bother me that much. Mm-hmm. I like Dewey in this one. Um, you went to the bathroom when Courtney Cox shows back up and mm-hmm. they talk about their relationship and how it ended. I do believe that this would happen to a man who went through all this horrible stuff and then had to break up with his wife because things just weren't working out. Yeah. They talk about them ending the relationship. They moved to New York mm-hmm. so she could do her thing and he just couldn't cut it. Yeah. He just left in the middle of the night after two months. Yeah. And she's shitting on him for that. And he's like, yeah. listen, I'm a coward. I know that. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Dewey Cox, whatever his last name is. <laughs> Dewey Cox, if there's one thing you are, I know it's not a coward. Yeah. And she goes, why aren't you in uniform? And that's such a nice, like, that's a good line, like, uh, because it's like a double-edged sword on one hand it's her saying i love you and this is something i like about you which is why you disappointed me so much yes exactly you know and then she goes why aren't you in uniform and he goes i retired and she goes when and he goes when they asked me to and i love that too yeah. so him going through all this stuff and then having to retire i believe he lives in a shack yeah. and drinks booze for breakfast and, and to be like honest that. let's talk about what we like some more i forgot to mention also that i do even though we've been very vocal about how we don't like the rule that this movie's kind of made up initially to make fun of, like, Halloween. Um, that, like, oh, it has to be someone who's related to Sydney that's the mm-hmm. murderer whatever. I genuinely was not that offended with her being like, yeah, thought it would be neat to look at my mom's old yeah, whatever. Turns out, cheated on whatever, and when I went to confront my mom about it, didn't even notice my dad was there. That was the first time he was hearing about it, so he fucking left. Mm-hmm. There's so many things about that that like work out and they're so dramatic and yeah, that's great. Oh my god, <laughs> something I totally forgot. They keep mentioning their mom away on business. Never shows up. And it's just like the first one. I'm like, oh, they're gonna find her in the closet or something like that. Mm-hmm. No, mom just doesn't really care that yeah. her daughters are getting attacked. Don't give a fuck. I love it. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah, I love Dave Arquette. Um. No, I, it's nice to see Dewey back. Um, I like him getting his hero moment at the end. There. Yeah, I feel like they gave way less to Gale and uh, Sydney. Yes, that's one, of, one like, of the weird parts about this movie. Yeah. When they show up at the end and they got the guns and they're like, you ready for this? No, never. It's like, it's weird that you two are here. Yeah. Like, it feels very out of place. Yeah, it, it, like I, I feel like they could have handled both of those characters with a little more respect because it seems like they just show up at the end to do like generic buddy cop. Yeah, they basically. feel like... Everything they're doing feels like main character shit, but they are barely in this movie. So at the end, it just feels like someone stapled in there because they're like, oh shit, we forgot to have Sydney and Gail. Yeah. And like, I it almost would have been better if they would have just been like, hey, Sydney, don't come here. And she was like, you're right, I can't. And, uh, you know, and if, uh, and if Dewey was like, hey, Gail, just letting you know Ghostface is back, do not come. I'd have probably been even happier with that. Not because I don't want to see those characters. I do. It's nice to see them or whatever. But because of the middle ground between like giving them the same spotlight as Dewey and then just not having them at all is yeah. what we got. It ends up being just kind of whatever. You know, it just ends up being whatever. Yeah. It's like, just, it's just like, whatever. Yeah. The, the whole like, yeah, you have to have the legacy characters back. I get that. But put Dewey in the end. Yeah. The two of them, again, just uh, I, I love the both of them very much so. But, yeah, it just them being there at the end and being so involved with it definitely takes away from it being uh, Sam's movie. Yeah. Or her point at the end. Like, it it doesn't feel like it's her mm-hmm. tackling this thing. Mm-hmm. It feels like she just happens to be there, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, on that topic, I think at this point, five movies deep or whatever, even, like, the second, third, whatever, at a certain point... This is the second movie that's tried to do the legacy meets next generation thing, and it's not worked out. 
I don't think it was ever gonna. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I, I, you gotta keep the movie centered on those people, not because I want that, but because you've dug your own grave by making the first three about those people. So when the scream starts rolling and I don't see Sidney Prescott, I'm kind of like, okay, how long until someone calls him on the cell phone and then we start with her shoes and it pans up to her and then she shows up with the gun and then Gail shows up and then Dewey shows up. Yeah. You know, it, 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 like the best way for me to describe it is it's like the first 40 minutes of Fire Walk with me. I know okay. that's supposed to be Dale Cooper, but Kyle MacLachlan just didn't want to get typecast, so he only agreed to do half the movie. Not even. He's in like 10 minutes of that movie. Whatever, yeah, yeah, whatever it is. Whatever. But it's it's that kind of a thing yeah. where like from Rip, I'm like, okay, when's Dewey going to be back? And when's Gail yeah. going to be back? And when's whatever going to be back? So then, like you were saying, it, I'm basically repeating what you just said. Because of that, I end up not caring about any of these people because I know that the real stars are going to come in eventually. Yeah, and they don't even feel like the real stars. Like what I like so much about Halloween 2018 mm-hmm. is there is, yes, a new cast of characters. Mm-hmm. But part of that cast of characters, very firmly, is Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. She's in the whole thing, and that's how I felt at the first half of this movie. Very Dewey. F- firmly in this cast of characters is Dewey, and then they kill him. Yeah. And then he's gone, and then uh, Gail and Sydney are kind of just there sometimes. And he's the great, uh, sorry, he's the best choice for that uh, because he's still in the town. He's still in the town. And you just have the other two not even come back because he could, like I said, he, do- he even does it. It's almost like the leaving Woodsboro moment where it's like, you nailed it and decided to not go with it when he texts them or whatever and says like and calls them and says hey don't even come you know it's not yeah. safe for you to come you know and I do I do like him telling them to fuck off and then when he's on the phone with Sydney and she goes well good thing they have you there to protect him and he's like oh, yes fuck, that's good too right. yeah. yeah and so if yeah that was the movie and fucking the two of them weren't really involved it mm-hmm. was just Dewey because Dewey seems arguably the most affected by all this I think that would have worked out uh, probably better. The movie still would have been dog shit, but I think it would have been a little bit better. And also, real quick, I want to mention him dying and just say five movies deep. It didn't really hit me because, like I said, in the movie theater, I was like, eh, it probably would have hit more if I didn't feel like these actors, all three of them, were not supposed to be in five movies. Yeah. yeah this yeah. is the only slasher franchise I think I'm pretty sure that has literally the same core three four characters for mm-hmm. more than even just a movie. Yeah, you know, um, at this point they're five movies deep with the same cast. I mean, Friday the Thirteenth does not operate like that. Nightmare on Elm Street does not operate on that. Although Nightmare does have a couple of movies where like the character from the last one will continue into the next one or something, but then end up ultimately getting killed. Um, same thing with like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's always new. Um, yeah. Well, because you always have the same killers in those. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, for this one, you have to keep those guys in it for it mm-hmm. to still be a Scream movie. Yeah. Which is just crazy because then it becomes like, ah, Jesus Christ. Like, imagine if with this frequency, um, someone was trying to, like, copycat kill the yeah. same serial killer. Every time it happens, it becomes less and less and less believable. And my ultimate point coming uh, uh, that I'm coming to is that I genuinely thought at this point, Fuck it, bring back Stewie or Stewart Billy. <laughs> Seriously, at this point, fuck it, because they're the only effective and interesting killers you had. Just fuck it, bring one of them back. I don't give a shit how much of a leap in an logic it is. Fuck it. My absolute biggest problem with this movie: somebody cut Matthew Lillard a fucking check. Put him yeah. in this goddamn movie. Matthew yeah. Lillard is one of the greatest actors of all time. Yeah. Why would you bring in fucking 
goddamn nobody skeet Ulrich at the end of this movie <laughs> and not Matthew Lillard. Work him in there somewhere. Yeah. I want to see my man get paid to act. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, also, sorry, go on. I was just going to say, like, every other one finds a way to, like, say it without saying it and just be like, yep, yeah, he's back, you know? Yeah. So why not? Why, why not? not? Bring him back. Bring him back. I didn't, I don't think we saw Stu die in Scream 1. Bring him back. I don't care if you're going to do all this nonsense. Yeah. Bring Matthew Lillard back. I Is it that much crazier back. than them being like, oh, Michael's just been sitting in a sane asylum for 40 years? No. Is no, it any not. crazier than, oh, she's having visions of her dead biological father? No. No, it's no. not. No. Um, so that's ultimately what I've been just dying to say this whole time, but I've been a little embarrassed. Just bring Stu back. Just bring Stu back. Yeah. Um, I do like Jack Quaid. I like him in everything. I think the end is rough because he doesn't have a lot to work with, but I no. like him throughout this whole movie. Mm -hmm. I think he's very charming. I think he's very funny. Yeah. Well, um, that's ultimately why I don't like that actress and I don't like Mr. Quaid or whatever his name is. Quaid, yeah. Um, Dennis Quaid's son. But both of them, like I said, are just, if anything, they're given the short end of the stick. Yeah. They're, they're, they're just, it's almost like... <sighs> I feel like this is true about all of the sequels, but we're just talking about this one specifically. You have a slasher movie until 10 minutes before, and then it just seems like the writers went, hmm, hmm, hmm. It almost, here's how I'm going to connect it to Clue. It almost feels like by the time the reveal is ready, you could pick anyone. Yeah. 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 I will, uh, I will say the second time seeing this, I picked up on a little, a nice little touch from Jack Quaid that I like when they're in the hospital and Dewey shoots her, her mm -hmm. and she's just, Ghostface is just sitting there and they start rushing for the elevator. Jack Quaid seems very concerned about it. Yeah. He keeps looking back like, oh, oh fuck. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, fuck. You oh, know when I knew for sure Jack was it? Because I had suspicions um, when uh, David Arquette brings it up and says, it's obviously the boyfriend. Yeah. I knew for a fact, even though the whole setup is like, oh, who am I going to kill? As soon as Ghostface didn't immediately stab him to death okay, and yeah, just yeah. cut him on the arm, I was like, hmm, just cut him on the arm. Yeah, yeah, Hmm, yeah. interesting. Because he cuts him on the arm and throws him, and then he chases her for a little while, and then he says the whole thing of like, which one am I going to kill? And I'm like, you can try to cover your tracks, but that was fishy. Yeah. Um, but no, at the end, I like just little moments from Dennis Quaid. I don't, I don't think he gets too over the top like What's-Her-Face does. Like God, I just sorry, I just now pieced together. You said it a second ago, but that means that five foot three, whatever her yeah. name is, double stabs him and then picks up his weight with the double stab. Yeah, insane, insane, but insane. Did not happen. There's no way. No, absolutely There's no, no way. way. David um, Arquette, he still looks solid in that movie. Mm -hmm. There's even a point when you first see him where I feel like on his like left bicep you can see a vein through his little shirt. Yeah, and also I know that over the last couple of years he actually did a, a run on the indie scenes in wrestling. Yes, he so did. he's in pretty good shape. Yes, he is. He's got to be a thick, thick yeah. person. And then she tackles that football player at the end of the party and stabs him to death. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't work. But I'm not I, buying it. I I like Jack Wade at the end. I like when he stabs what's her face and she looks at him in the eyes and he goes, "I know it's a bummer that it's me." I like that, or I like um. I like uh, I like when they're talking to the kitchen at the end, and he goes, "You should have listened to Dewey. He got it in one. He said it was me immediately." Yeah. Like I like that, but then ah, the toxic fandom. We met on a subreddit, and I'm like, ah, fuck you off. I hate this. But Scream Five, you know what I feel like I haven't seen, and it's I'm sure it exists. But the other side of the coin, not a whodunit, but how come I, there's not a very uh, uh, prominent or well-known, like, uh, How Catch'em slasher movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would have been interesting if, like, the whole time we know it was 
Jack, potentially, if they played their cards right. I'm not saying that, like, that's a surefire recipe to have a good... But it would be interesting, because it would be interesting to see the slasher, like, sweating. Yeah. You know, a little bit. You know? Because now, going back on the second watch, it would be interesting, that little interaction, especially if, like, there's a little bit of a tell. Some little tell, you know? But anyways... That's what I think I got. Um, I'm trying to remember anything else. There was a f- one other family in the theater. Yes. It was a he adult w- man and his daughter. And for the first half, I, I, I was sad that they went because she was having a great time. She and was, I liked it. She was the best part of the movie. Yeah. Because yeah. like, I, I have a lot of siblings. And when I'm watching stuff with them, I like when they like go like, oh, no. Because I'm like, yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, no. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that yeah. was exactly every time that like, you know, like the phone would ring or something, she'd be like, uh-uh, don't answer it. And I'm <laughs> like, you're right. Yeah, don't answer it. It happened once. The phone rang and someone went, hello. And she went, oh, ghost face. Yeah. <laughs> and I felt really bad because they left like halfway through the movie. And I was like, damn, like. I hope they didn't leave because, like, I could hear him, like, sh- his, the dad, like, shush around. I wanted to, like, lean over and be like, no, 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 it's okay. I love it. Yeah. But this movie sucks and she's making it way better. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Scream 5. I'd give it a, a D. Yeah. A D minus. There's also that little bit where they're they're watching a YouTube video reviewing the series. Um, That's a real podcast, apparently. Yeah? Yeah. But they splice in that information with like the 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 the, 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 the what the stream the scream or the stab movies have become where like he's lost his fucking uh like the arm pieces and his muscles are just out and he's like wielding a machine gun and the stab mask is like uh, metallic i like that enough that was all right yeah that was funny um the other thing in space i guess there is a little tee off with the whole like oh that's kind of a psycho move but it doesn't land as well as it should I guess it is a little wonky that he's laying in the hospital bed with his girlfriend's estranged sister who just got attacked by Ghostface and he's watching Stab, I guess. But then, like, is it any more crazy than, like, that girl whose uncle is getting murdered in the movie watching the scene where her uncle yeah. gets murdered or yeah. whatever? You know, it's. I mean, I know he doesn't actually get murdered there. He dies in the second Scream movie, so probably, I guess, he dies in the second... I, I, don't, I don't know. Does he... I don't know the stab chronology. The yeah, actual stab stab chronology. But anyway, either way, is it any more crazy than her watching no. her uncle die? I like her a lot too. I do like her a lot. Like, I, I I don't like her exposition of like we're doing a requel. But I like I just like her through the whole movie. I like mm-hmm. when uh, her brother strikes out and tells his girlfriend like, "Well, you might be the killer." And she yeah. gets up and she walks away, and you just see her at the other end of the yeah. hallway, watch her leave, and just give him a thumbs up. Well, the thing about the requel is, I think four was basically a requel too. Yeah. One of the criticisms you have is that like uh, so much of it is just them recreating scenes from other whatever. So basically, it's not. A, it's not. It's not. That wasn't one of my criticisms. It's something that I liked. I thought they managed to do that in a very clever way, yeah. where it's like five things on top of each other making a new scene. I thought yeah. that was great, and they kept saying it's a reboot or whatever. Yeah. But and, no. but it was interesting because there's that moment in our podcast where you say where I say like uh, oh yeah because this came out in like 2018 or something like that and you're like Chris, this was 2011. Yeah. And before my dad even listened to that episode, because my dad listens to the podcast, I don't know if I've ever actually said that on the podcast. Shout out to your dad. Uh, shout out to my dad. Um, he was actually giving Scream Four a bit of praise because he was like, "That was 2011, and they were." He was like, "They were basically making a rough version of what like the new Halloween movies are, which okay, is yeah. the requel thing." He didn't use the phrase requel, but he was like, uh, "Yeah," and I agreed with him because I was like, "Yeah, dude." Like when I found out it was 2011, I was like, "Whoa," because like not. That it's a good movie, which we are both agreeing on, basically. But it's just, that feels like the horror movie that you make now 
of a dead franchise. Yeah, I think it works really well. Yeah. I, I uh, again, I like Scream Four. I, I know. think it age, for what it is. I think it ages pretty well. Yeah, it's probably better than this one, definitely. Absolutely, sure. by yeah. miles. Yeah. And also, I forgot to make this joke. There's that scene where David Arquette gets shit canned. Is that a wrestling thing? No. Oh. He gets hit in the head with the bedpan. Does he? But shit can is like a term for getting fired or whatever. Yeah. I don't know what it means, but yeah, you don't remember like the killer hits him in the head really hard with the bedpan? No, I don't remember yeah, that. Because they're in the in the in the in the in the hospital, hospital at the yeah. end. Yeah. David Arquette gets hit in the head with a I believe you. I no, I'm gonna have to look remember. it up real quick. We'll cut out the pause where I look it up. So don't say anything important. Do we bed pan scream four? Oh, in scream four. Yeah, no, yeah. I remember. I remember. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's I was just making that joke because I, I thought you'd this one because this one also has a fucking hospital in it. No, 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 no. Yeah, in Scream Four he gets shit canned was my joke because okay. yeah, yeah, a yeah. bedpan is yeah. basically. Yeah. But I'm so anyways, uh, Scream Five C ish D, but you said D, I'll give it like a C minus maybe. Say C minus or okay. maybe D. Uh, I'll say I'll split the diff D plus D minus D just straight D. We're doing okay. a straight D on this one. We agree again. We're I two for D two. Minus. I'm going straight D. Okay. Yeah. Or, at this point, should I just say F? But there's some stuff you like about it. It's not horrible. Yeah, it's not horrible. It's very largely inoffensive. And uh, so, yeah. I, you know what? No, I'm giving it an F. There's stuff I like about it, but I've said this before. Yeah. I think this movie is boring. Okay. Yeah. And that uh, deserves an F from me, I think. Okay. So I'm going to give it an F. Well, there you go. I think that's that mattress man. If you need more soup, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or go to our website, eatingsoupalone.com. And until next time, 